previously on Real Fantasy Encounters. Kevin, I'm going to run you through some things very quickly. Saffron was the one who killed you, but he wasn't in control. There is an outer science being controlling him. Saffron is sitting there. Um, I'm going to pull his wallet out. He's going to dox me. Adherence of the Nectar King. We have here an untouched sample. Miss, are you all right? Um, no, Stanley, I don't think I'm okay. Could you pull over, please? She just yanks open the door and just, like, hurls on the Benjamin. Continuing our game of Breakfast Cult, which is written by Eden and uses the Fate Accelerated system. I am joined by Seamus. Hi, I'll be playing Saffron Spirit Caller. Uh, Charlie. Hi, I'll be playing Marja Olsen II. And Nick. Hello, I will be playing Rudy Asiari. I've just realized I will hopefully be playing Saffron. <laughs> 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 Last time, uh, Rudy sold Saffron into the service of the art club. Marja discovered a cult on campus, and Saffron died. Maybe? Maybe. <laughs> his, his soul left his body. His soul is no longer in his body. His soul was unable to be reattached to his body. It's probably more the, more the key thing there. Yeah, shifting the barrier on, like, what, what is death? <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, if, if you can... If your soul is looking at your body, but you can't interfere with it. We're going to argue you back to life. <laughs> I feel like that's just standard yeah, disassociation. With the, yeah, with semantics of death, you will come back to life as the player character worst, in this if, game. if worst comes to worst, I'll just have to talk to Jane Doe for the rest of existence. Oh, she'll love that. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to start a little differently today. We're going to start some time ago outside of the island. Saffron. It is early in the morning. It's probably around 4 a.m., you think. You can see candles on in your mountain or your grandfather's mountain home in Hokkaido. Um, uh, yeah, lights you know, kind of like flickering out in the, in the main hall of this place. But you hear unfamiliar voices coming from the front of the home. Um, uh, you hear grandfathers like, um, kind of yelling at them. Um, uh, but the voices that yell back answer in a foreign language. One that is not Japanese, nor is it the common tongue of, <laughs> of the, the, our breakfast called campaign, which I'm presuming is English. What do you do? <laughs> Um, Your grandfather sounds harassed. I look around my room for something to pick up. Yeah, there's a there's a wooden chair inside here. Yeah, it's only small, 
Yeah, I pick that up and I'm going to start trying to edge towards where that sound is coming from, like quietly. Yeah. As you enter out into the main hall, you notice that, that there are like papers blowing in the breeze and you believe that like the double doors of the home are wide open um, and a kind of like cool breeze sweeps through the house and flickers the candles a little more. Some of them go out entirely. Smoke kind of dances up uh, into the rafters of this home. Your grandfather is standing in the doorway and beyond him you see four strangers. They're dressed in gaudy robes that are painted in bright floral colors and they're wearing makeup. Makeup that makes them out to look like skulls. And in their hair, braided with flowers, these four strangers are like kind of angrily yelling at one another and then turning and directing their fury at your grandfather. As you come further into the main hall, you hear that the voices are in Spanish. Okay. How far away is um, my grandfather from me at the moment? He's within arm's distance. I'm going to sort of whisper. Do do you need my help? What's going on? He turns around in fright, and we see him for the first time. He's like kind of this graying, longish-haired man with kind of well-kept facial hair. Um, uh, And he kind of like pushes you away from the door, and in a hiss... He says, under the house, go. I do what he says. I drop the chair and I duck underneath the house. Yeah. Um, as you run, you hear uh, the voices kind of pipe up and um, people start to struggle toward the home. Um, uh, as you duck back into your room, you know exactly where it is he means. Where does he mean when he says, go under the house? Um, so under this house, there's sort of a, I guess a, a secret cellar, um, that sort of sits underneath, uh, a main, um, entertainment area, mm-hmm. um, that's also partly used for like secluded training and meditation and stuff like that. Um, but the floorboards sort of slightly split so they can be, so you can see up through them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that is, that is exactly how, how this goes down. You get underneath this house area. I imagine it's like a tight fit. Yes, it's pretty as tight. As you get in. It is, it's, meant for, it's meant for storage. And when you get down here, you notice a couple things. One, you notice that above you, you can see the shadows of many different figures in the house. And things are starting to get thrown around. Your grandfather is is uh, yelling out. You don't know whether in frustration or in pain. The second thing you notice is as you get to the end of this crawl space, you find something long wrapped up in a piece of cloth. I pick it up and I unwrap it. It's your grandfather's sword. The one that he's never without. And is now being stored down here. When you hold on to it for the first time, you feel dread overcome you. Dread for your grandfather, who is being assailed by four strangers upstairs about what you do not know. 
He needs this. Can't he can't do anything without it. So I take it and I run out from the crawl space. Yeah, absolutely. You run back up into the main hall. And as you get into the main hall, you see the first thing. The first thing you're looking for is your grandfather. And he is keeled over in the middle of the room with these four painted strangers standing over him and also kind of like rummaging through the house still, looking for something. One of them, a woman, sees you as you come out, brandishing this sword. The room goes dead quiet. The woman, kind of pleadingly, puts her hands out toward you. I reach down towards the, uh, the, the sword handle and grip it. It looks as if she's trying to de-escalate it. She doesn't want you to hurt anybody with the sword. But in the same kind kind of timbre in Spanish, she gestures for it as if to give it to her. I take a step backwards, sort of gripping the blade tighter and go to unsheath it. I don't unsheath it, but I sort of, like, threaten to unsheath it. Mm. By now, the, the rest of the strangers are looking at you. And the woman steps back. She goes quiet as well. Your grandfather looks up at you, and while hurt, you can see that he, he also looks heartbroken. And he looks at you with the sword. Grandpa, I brought it for you. You need this, right? He, he kind of, um, he's, he's still keeled over. So like, as he looks up at you, um, uh, he does beckon for it. But looking at him in this state, you're not quite certain that he has the strength to wield it. He's been bloodied. They really laid into him. They beat him. He's, like, bleeding from the mouth. I step towards, like, away from the opening in the door, mm. and I gesture for them to leave while still gripping onto the blade. The woman who was pleading with you, she makes a move to leave first. She kind of, like, under her breath, mutters something to the rest of the strangers. And again, they begin arguing. They begin yelling. And after a while, they all kind of give in. Not without a fuss. As they leave, they kind of kick over a couple more, you know, chairs, disrupt the house a little bit more. And as they leave, they also slam the door almost off its hinges. Um, but it clatters open again in the Hokkaido wind. I rush in and see to my grandfather placing the sword down on the ground as I sort of check his body. He's really bad. He's extremely bad. Um, I'd know of some sort of medical kit that we'd have here. Like bandages yeah. and stuff. Yeah, absolutely. I go to grab that and try to patch him up as best as I can. Yeah. Um, they, like As you roll him over to try and tend, tend to these wounds, he looks up at you and he says, Take this. What do you mean, Grandpa? He says it very hardly. Take it. Take this. 
and he takes off an iron ring that he wears. I I clutch it. What do you want me to do with this? It's a source of much power. Keep it. Don't you need it? Not anymore. What do you mean? And you're gonna be okay, right, Grandpa? I think he he like looks like looks up at the ceiling then, and uh, kind of like like reaches out to to pat you on the knee. And he goes, "It's yours now." And that is where we'll cut to the white room. The cleaner um, uh, adjusts the, the recording device a little bit. He says, Well, you're here now. So, how did you come back? Probably wouldn't believe us if we tried. Why don't you tell me about your experience with the Computer Appreciation Society and Jabari Al-Nadir and... We then cut to the art club. It is the next day, following the events of Saffron's death. And we cut to the art club. Um, uh, Bavnit is there with the girls in the art club, and they are making the finalizing, like, like kind of final edits on a new batch of forgeries that are slated to go out to the public at school today. Um, uh, Kevin is also there to kind of help fulfill on some of these orders. Um, uh, but at, right in the minute, he's just enjoying being alive. Um, uh, when he catches you come in, he flicks you a finger gun. Um, uh, and it's like the whole gang is back together again. Uh, almost. <laughs> almost. <laughs> um, uh, Bavneet says, so where's the saffron kid? Uh, he's, uh... Uh, a, a bit out of it from last night. <laughs> a bit out of it? Yeah, uh, not feeling well. And like, uh, as Rudy's saying this, he's kind of like walking over to his uh, regular like locker where he keeps his uh, all of his stoneware tools. Mm. And normally he'd open it and put his bag. He doesn't open it today. <laughs> <laughs> he just checks the lock on it to make sure it hasn't been opened. <laughs> he, he like peeks through the little grill in it. And, uh, yeah, Saffron's unconscious body has just been there. <laughs> oh, my God. God. I like how you said unconscious and not deceased. <laughs> <laughs> his fucking corpse. His Saffron's unconscious corpse. His, his soulless corpse. His soulless corpse. <laughs> um, is, yeah, still safely secured in there, I hope. Is the real, I guess, the question for you is, did you put the sword in there as well? Yeah. Cool. I think everything's gone in except for the iron ring. Yes. Which I've held onto and I am wearing. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, Badney goes, so will he be better during the day? The The plan is that it, he's, on a, he's going to be on a strong run of medication. <laughs> and uh, we're hoping he'll come clear tonight. Man, medication that can cure death. <laughs> All right. It'll be a late one then. Mm. We have quite a few more orders than I expected, but with the assistance of your void bending friend, mm. we should be able to nail this. Uh, this will be our biggest job yet, Rudy. 
Not bad for the first week of classes. <laughs> Not bad at all. These pop quizzes have really riled everybody <laughs> up. <laughs> Funny. Yeah, I imagine people have had to do this for like uh, like two consecutive days now and everyone's like, fuck this. I just need to get all the answers. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, Babneet says, there is another matter I'd like to discuss with you. Yeah? For your now going on seven months of dedicated service. I'd like to formally extend an invitation, Rudy. Yes? To the annual general meeting of the Arts Alliance. Oh. <laughs> Arts Alliance. Um, It'll be held at my property. Oh. Okay. Yes, in the college town. Um, I would absolutely love to come. Fantastic. I'll be there. Well, I'll be like, uh, what, taking notes? Um, something like that. It is a very traditional practice. You'll love it. Of course. Uh, I have no doubt. I would love being there with... I'll love it. <laughs> <laughs> she goes, it'll be good to see you there. Um, it is tomorrow night, um, uh, Friday evening. And um, Babney then goes around to check on check on the girls. Um, Kevin looks up from his video game and goes, "Rudy, yeah, Kevin, um, is everything?" And he points at Locker. Yeah, he's still in there. It's all good. Oh, Rudy, um, Kevin, like like almost has a heart attack. Have, have you found anyone that knows where the Computer Appreciation Society is? I've been kind of busy, man. I ain't gonna lie, like. Between being dead and you know, and he like holds up <laughs> his like switch. Yeah, I mean, uh, I'll give you a free pass on this. You've only been back alive for a little bit. I guess you gotta. Plus, I, I wasn't big into them when I was even alive, man. Well, How did you get in contact with them? Well, I mean, some of them have. No, look, I'll get into it later, <laughs> but. Marja should definitely... She's really good at pulling paperwork and stuff like this. I'll talk to her. She will know where the club room's registered on the official paperwork. And then we just got to hit him up there. Hey, uh, plan's like a sound, man. And um, uh, he he goes back to playing like video games. Plan's <laughs> like a sound. Yeah, yeah I, it took a couple of seconds for that to click. And I just... Yeah. <laughs> I'm I'm a little worried about how he's doing. Uh, <laughs> he hasn't quite been pieced together fully. It's it's a bit it's, like it's, it's, it's hard like to tell. taking it's a bit like taking a lasagna that's frozen now to the oven. <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't want to say it, but a partially eaten lasagna out of the oven. <laughs> <laughs> because I do believe Neko had said that he snacked on it, Kevin. Yes. Oh, yeah, there will just be bits that I'm missing. Um, what I was going to say is, additionally, Saffron. Yep. Where are you right now? I was thinking about this. Whether or whether I'd be just following Rudy around until he fixed what's going on. Fix my death. Or whether I would stick with the only other person that I know can see me. <laughs> <laughs> Um, 
And we're going to make it a higher or lower. Okay. Rudy, I am following you until you fix this. <laughs> I think yeah. that... You do not know that I'm following you until I fix this. I think there's there's a moment um, uh, flashing back a little bit where you go to check on the on the locker and you also look inside the locker at the same time. Um, as you turn away and Rudy goes to speak with Bavneet, um, Neko is in the art room with you. And he is sitting with a leg crossed over the other. And he's looking at um, fluffy-looking fabrics. And he has a spool of thread sitting next to him on the art club table. And he's just like, do you like matted gray or do you like cream shag? I like matted gray, personally. I have two questions. Why and where did you get fabric? I thought you couldn't interact with anything. This is an art room. And he, he, puts, he puts the fabrics down on, on the table. And he comes up to you. And he goes, Will you hold still for a second? Are you going to eat me? Not yet. And he takes out... <laughs> <laughs> he takes out a measuring tape. And he starts measuring the circumference of your head. He's trying to figure out how big his crockpot should be. <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing? I'm taking your measurements. Why? For the mask that I'm going to give you. What mask? Your mouse mask. What's a mouse mask? You would remember that Kevin, his soul, was wearing a mouse head in his room. Well, I don't need one of those. You're going to need one now. (laughs) That was a very brave thing that you did for... Him and he gestures at Kevin, who is playing video games on the desk, and he goes, But foolish, it now means that you are no longer the wheel of the sword, which means that it now begins its journey looking for another. And I begin my journey turning into a tasty treat. I should have stepped back. You can't put a mouse head on me if I don't let you measure my head. I, got I can guess maybe the other dimensions. And he goes down and he goes, Now I'll ask you again. Is it matted grey or cream shag? Uh, is there a third option, like one where I don't die? Well, the third option is that your friends discover a way to get you out of here before I complete my little helmet. You could just not complete it. Why would I do that? Think of all the times we've had. We've had some times, yes. There was even that one time that you fed me. And then you took my food away. On the plus side, you kind of gave me fresh new food. I am a little conflicted about doing this, Saffron. I'm not going to lie. You don't have to do it. I'm going to. Well, I'm going to un-unalive myself. Okay. And he goes back to stitching up. <laughs> um, and he goes, you can run. I'll know where you are. 
I just walk up to to where Rudy is now, probably talking to uh, Kevin, mm. and I just I just put my fist through Kevin's head. <laughs> <laughs> Kevin like looks up and goes, "Ah, oh. oh man." Yeah, please try not to let that leak out anyway. We just got it back in there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I wait. I then move my fist from Kevin to Rudy. In Rudy's head? Yeah. You feel like a migraine coming on. Ah, big day. Must not have got enough sleep. Anyway, I'm going to head to class. This uh, is a superpower I didn't know I wanted. <laughs> <laughs> Talk to Marja and I'll catch you later. Yeah, man. I'll catch you around. Um, I'll keep an eye on, uh, you know. Uh, yeah, do not let that go anywhere. I, I won't. I, I, I promise. Uh, Marja. Yes. We actually cut now to homeroom. Oh, goody. Yeah. Um, and in homeroom, there is a little bit of a change. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, for one, Saffron is no longer in his usual space. Um, uh, and Kevin isn't here. You know, yeah. per usual. Um, Rudy comes in a little later. But following him swiftly thereafter is Lucrezia Cortez, your substitute alchemy teacher. Aha. Uh-huh. Okay. That's weird. Yeah. She, um, uh, she like, like kind of collates her papers um, on the desk and, and looks around, kind of like gauges the the size of the classroom goes, yeah, that's about it. She closes the door and she goes, um, can I, can I have everyone's attention, please? Do they listen to her? Not at first. It takes a little longer than usual for the class to quieten down. I don't know this woman. She's a substitute. <laughs> I don't have to respect this authority. It is. It is Cause like... you respect other authority. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> To be fair, it's like instinctually ingrained in all teenagers' brains to make subs cry. Like, <laughs> <laughs> tell me I'm wrong because I'm fucking not. No, you're not. <laughs> yeah, you're not. <laughs> I only awful. did that once. Yeah, but you fucking did it. <laughs> um. So, uh, Lucrezia, like, like as, as the class is quietening down, she writes her name up on the board, um, and she turns around and says, um, hello, everyone. Uh, Professor Al Nadir won't be joining us today as he's taken ill. Um, but uh, we'll commence with morning announcements. Uh, for one, um, I'll let you know that uh, cleaners have finally revisited the site of the old school. Uh, this is not an invitation for you to go hang out there, but it, it means that they've thoroughly disinfected everywhere within the grounds. Oh, that's not good. Um, and then she follows up with, um, and boy, I, I probably should have started with this one first. Um, it's come to the school's attention that one of the members of the the school has been targeted by a hostile... A digital terrorism organization. <laughs> um, and we are currently accepting invitation for them. Uh, 
information about their whereabouts. Uh, in exchange for any information about the terrorist group known as the Computer Appreciation Society, um, uh, we'll waive your tuition fees for the semester, uh, and you'll also be presented with a $250 voucher for Burger Kong. <laughs> and that, that is all. Um, and she points to Lorelei, and she goes, can, can you hand these out? And it's pop quiz time. Yay. <laughs> and uh, you're just not going to have to do it this time, huh, Seamus? Yeah, I guess not. <laughs> yeah, do, where, where are you doing all this? Do you, do you go to the homeroom? Or? Absolutely. Jane Doe's there, right? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> now, I wouldn't normally ask this, but since you're the only one that can see me, do you want me to help you cheat? She, like, she, like, looks around at first because she expects people to hear you. Um, uh, she expects Rudy to hear you. She expects, you know, the, the anybody within earshot. But then she goes, yeah, actually, that, that'd be nice. All right. That'd be nice. Uh, <laughs> nothing. Sorry, I'm thinking about after school stuff yeah no it, it'll be nice to get him back in his body now who do you think <laughs> who do you think the smartest person in this class depends on the fucking without hesitation she says Ladasha <laughs> <laughs> alright I'm gonna go stand over Ladasha's shoulder while she writes answer to this quiz yeah yeah absolutely that's that's really interesting that you do that um <laughs> I didn't plan for this. Um, uh, I didn't plan to be dead. <laughs> Funny how that works, Oren. <laughs> Commencing with the pop quiz. Yes, 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 yes. The first question on the piece of paper with four options, four multiple choice options. What day is the Dio de los Muertos? Hmm. I'm going to send you all of these messages, so yeah. don't, don't you worry a single single hair on your head. Shame. I wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Day of the Dead, what are the options? The options are, is it A, July 7th, B, February 11th, C, November 2nd, or D, June 21st? The follow-up question to this is, what creatures are famed for disrupting technology? Options are A, Pixies, B, Will-O-Wisps, C, Redcaps, or D, Gremlins. I'm going to disown anyone as a friend that gets that question wrong. <laughs> <laughs> it's the answer to that question. <laughs> I don't know. What is it? I, I'm, I'm reading it right now. The, um, the, the final question. And the follow-up to um, oh, the final question, the pop quiz, is which is not one of the methods you can use to kill a vampire? Is it A, burning it with fire, B, injuring it with silver, C, exposing it to bloodborne disease, or D, burying the vampire upside down? Okay, no, I have beef with this question. <laughs> this this depends entirely on what part of the world you are getting your vampire law from. I'm going. Yes, it does. 
And I'm assuming that we're getting this from like Mexico or Spain. Uh, like let specifically. Me, <laughs> let me tell you the source that the Ganymede Institute of Occult Technology is using. Uh, they are <laughs> using the uh, references from GodsAndMonsters.com. God. <laughs> um, let me have a look and see when it was updated last. <laughs> Types of vampire lord, no, you can't do this to me. <laughs> Why does it matter when it was last updated? Do you think we've found new ways of killing vampires? Absolutely, Absolutely <laughs> yes. I mean, like the, according to this, there I've, I've found out some ways that we can kill vampires that I had no idea like we in, could use. Like even outside of death, in modern technology, vampires would be able to use mirrors. Oh, like with, with cameras. Uh, cameras and mirrors. The the original myth that the reason vampires could not see their reflection is because original mirrors were used were made using silver, so ah. it couldn't capture the reflection of the vampire because the silver was toxic to them. But since we no longer use silver when it comes to photographs and mirrors, they can see their reflection theoretically. You would be unlucky with that with a question. <laughs> I fu- right, <laughs> fucking right. I know my I. I had my twilight phase. I know my vampire bullshit. I need specifics, Aaron. <laughs> I take all of my vampire lore directly from Supernatural, the television series. Case and point. Like, there are a couple other things that I get it from as well. But we've now, got Supernatural. We've got Twilight. Like, bro. Now, Aaron. Yes. Last time I encountered a tough vampire question, um, I used my skill to see like who knew about vampires. Absolutely. Like, Lorelei was on that list. Um, uh, Ladasha was obviously on that list, but Jane Doe was also an option you gave <laughs> last time. Oh my god. It's just one big cheating ring. <laughs> and so I'm like, I'm, Yeah, you're right. Yeah, I've tapped to all those you're absolutely right. free sources. So yeah, I am going to um, cheat off of her thing. And I think this time around, oh. Like she, like it's not easy to see off her stuff. I think she does a genuinely decent job of like having her arm curled around and like, uh, yeah, marking her things in that way. But I can get her off guard this time round. Yeah, yeah, you can. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. Um, give me, yeah, I'm gonna get you to give me an overcome roll. Um, and the difficulty rating on this is going to be a three. It's just so much. Um, now I'm just thinking of all the vampire shit I've consumed over the years, like interview with I, a vampire. As I was and... writing this question, I <laughs> knew that it was going to cause controversy. <laughs> so you and you still were. I still did it. What do you mean still? That's the reason he did it. Yeah, I know. Piece of shit. Can I get those options again, please, as well? Yes. So the options are a burning it with fire, b injuring it with silver. C, exposing it to bloodborne disease, or D, burying the vampire upside down. And the question was, what won't kill it, Which right? is not one of the methods you can use to kill a vampire. I'm going to send these answers to Seamus now. Uh, I, uh, I like a whisper to uh, Jane next to me and says, I, I think I can hear him. He's, he's in the room. She goes, Really? You yeah. think? <laughs> I, I got a weird sense in my head earlier when I was in the thing. I think, tr- try this with me. If you put both temples to your head, I think we can hear him clearly. 
and I'm, I'm just trying to get her hand up and out of the way. Yeah, absolutely. I'll get you to roll me that overcome check. Yes. Um, clever. <laughs> clever, absolutely. Arguably. Meanwhile, before you roll this roll, we cut briefly to Saffron. You are standing over Ladash's desk, and she's so far written down the answers to the questions with ease. She's actually holding her pencil in her right hand and a fragment of a mirror in the other. And she's looking over her shoulder at what Rudy is doing. Uh, Okay. And... When she's done, when she, when she, like, like, it's like a, it's like a clasp. What do they call them? Sorry. Hand mirrors? Uh, hand mirror, yeah. Um, uh, she, she pushes it under her, her pencil case and she takes out her scorch and she begins recording. You've all got faces of recognition. I'm not quite sure what she's doing here. She's the snitch. Recording you cheating, my dude. Oh, shit. Okay. <laughs> <clears throat> um, roll your roll, Rudy. <laughs> Spinner. I okay. say out. I say out loud. Ladash is the snitch. <laughs> <laughs> Just that, shocked. That is a failure. That is a one all up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, you say that out loud, right? Yeah. And she's about to put her hand, like hands, to her temples. Instead, she puts her hands like face down on her desk, and she says. Ladash is the snitch? What? Uh, nothing. We should probably have a talk after today. After this session. She better not be. I told her about the cheating ring yesterday. (laughs) You did what? (laughs) (laughs) I've been, I've been sitting next to you for seven months, keeping my mouth shut about that. Yeah. You just blare it out to her? It was the heat of the moment thing. Rudy! <laughs> I seriously thought you... Had... The majority of the class knows, otherwise how would I be getting customers? I didn't think it would be an issue. But and she told her... me yesterday that she didn't know, so she was lying to me. <laughs> maybe I shouldn't. You. Maybe I shouldn't be as indignant about that. <laughs> She's a good person, but she's also clever. Clever people lie all the time. Mm. So, see, then I, 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 she wasn't the, because, ah, never mind. I, like, I just write down a random letter on this one. (laughs) (laughs) And I go, fuck it, not even in the mood today. (laughs) I'm just up front doing a test. I put my hand through (laughs) Ladash's head. Yeah, yeah, no, like, um, she's still, she's, like, recording the conversation between the two of you, mm. and when Jane says Ladash is a snitch, mm. you see she slams down the scorch, and then as soon as you put your fist through her head, she goes, ah, oh, like that, and she kind of, like, she kind of, like, like gathers all of her belongings up extremely quickly and she makes a beeline for the door lucrezia cortez goes up oh, are you okay and she like opens it and slams it and then walks out i yell out all the answers to the test 
And then I follow her. (laughs) (laughs) Um, As uh, as you leave, uh, you hear Jane behind you say, Thanks, Saffron. I just give her a thumbs up as I look out. (laughs) Oh, Saffron. I... Uh, I'm sorry, uh, Miss Miss Cortez. Mrs. Mm. Mrs. Uh, yes. Uh, sorry. Um, we actually have another student in this class called Saffron. He's pretty well known for sleeping through some things. So I think he actually slept through class today, she and that's like, why he's just not here. The role. She's like, that's that's a shame for him. Um, I just I need... will have to mark his attendance down. That's I just that's need what we do to go wake him up. That's all I need to do. Am I good to do that? <clears throat> Marjorie can give me a pass for that. Yeah, I can like totally do that. Um, uh, she she goes. That's all right, Marja, and um, uh, you write him up a pass to get out of class. Yeah. yeah. Um. <laughs> Wait. Um. I should probably come with you. You know, like buddy system. Like yeah, buddy you know, system. especially <laughs> considering that like all those awful things that are going on with like this and all. Like, inner school terrorism, like, you, we got to be safe. A couple of the kids start murmuring, like, through through the classroom. Like, like um, uh, Pavel is looking at you like, dude, this is really cool, but um, isn't it abuse of power? <laughs> <laughs> I look at Bartholomew and see how he's reacting to this. Um, yeah, no, he's kind of got... He's got the green eyes of jealousy. He's like, watch Rudy stepping out. And now he is watching you stepping out. And he hasn't said anything yet. Mm. Because yeah. he knows that you have a bond that is stronger than... All that. <laughs> that is stronger than his weird thirst. <laughs> He's talking about the bond between you and him. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but she lets you... She's she's not Al Nadir. Yeah. That's for certain. Yeah, he's I would not be able to get away with that. <laughs> yeah. Um, but the two of you leave class. Mm-hmm. Uh that's the end of classes for today. <laughs> 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 You're free to do whatever you'd like. Yeah, I'm following uh Ladasha. These whole passes are great. Why don't you use these all the time? <laughs> um, case in point, like it's soups obvious. Like I can't do it all the time. Well, um, as long as you've got one abuse of power out of the way today, do you want to do some more? Um, <laughs> I've, I've got a laundry list. <laughs> yeah, I've got a couple of laundry lists like myself. But, I mean, as long as it's not as obvious as what I just did, um, yeah, uh, why how, the hell not? How'd the meeting with your dad go? Oh, that's what I said. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um... And she looks around at like students milling about the halls. I imagine. Mm. I mean, like there there are very few of them. Very few, yeah. Um, uh, because like between you and Lake, there are only a few other people within each class that had designated to give out hall passes. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, the rest are just people who don't give a shit, or they're university students. Yeah. So it's pretty much empty. And so she sort of like looks around, like, yeah, I got some like business and stuff done, and then like some other stuff for the student council and, you know, just some, like, passion projects. And she sort of looks at you pointedly. Yeah, uh, this is kind of a walk and talk as we're going. And you notice yeah. that we're not going back towards the dorms. <laughs> yeah. As you walk, you get a, a buzzing in your pocket. Mm-hmm. Um, it is from Bartholomew. He mm-hmm. says, are you coming back to class? Uh, I think I just sort of text back, um, going to make sure that um, Safi's not sick 
and um, take him to the infirmary if he is. Hopefully not. Talk to you later. He sends back three love heart emojis. Mm, I just leave that boy on red. <laughs> I'm supposed to be wooing this idiot. Um, I I send him a bunch of just like flower emojis. Cool. Yeah. that's non-committal. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah. So you are heading in the direction that Rudy is taking you. Yeah, which is where, by the way, are we just following Lorelai? Not Lorelai. Um, uh, Ladasha. Yes. Yeah. <clears throat> She's a fair ways ahead of you. Mm. Um, uh, she is actually making to leave the building. She's not going back to your dorm. She is going back to hers, however. Yeah, that's all good. We've got someone who can go through walls, can't we? So what are we... Oh, no, you can't. I can't go through walls. <laughs> yeah. What are we doing? <laughs> you, you don't have the ability to interact with physical things anymore. Oh. I can go through walls now. Nice. You leveled up. Uh, <laughs> don't I'm not think sure, about not sure that I really want to. Don't think to. about it too hard. I don't. Don't think about it too hard. <laughs> you, you like, like you have, you have. There is, there is like a a reptilian urge inside your brain that says all at once, I can walk through walls. Slash, I can walk through walls. Slash, I can't. Please stop making me think about doing this. <laughs> 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 the other thought, just for a brief moment, why aren't I falling through, through the, the ground? Yep. And that's when it happens. <laughs> <laughs> no, it actually does. When when you oh, you shit. become cognizant that that you no longer have the ability to um to interact with the physical world, your you lose your like your perceived the perceived way that physics works within the world breaks and you begin sinking into the floor rapidly. I, I imagine you've got that issue with like um, the, the <clears throat> story of the, the ghosts that um, uh, are still like fighting an old civil war, but they're a foot above the ground because the ground has sunk since then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 It is, it is very much um, like as, as a person, as a physical being, you operated according to the laws of physics. Now, Without a corpse, without a body to move around in, and your ability to pass through things is simultaneous. So what you're saying is that I no longer have to obey the laws of physics. In this form? In that case, I could just fly. Yes. Why do we keep giving Seamus these fucking metamagic powers? <laughs> like every fucking game, we give him metamagic you will need to give me a role to establish your... You have to give me a role to, to um, accept that there is no spoon. And... Ah, uh, it's my Neo Jack. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is going to be clever. I'm, 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 I'm rationalizing what's going on and establishing my own view of reality. And that's okay. how I'm going to be doing it. The difficulty rating on this is going to be a six. Okay. You add them up One, together. Two, you say it was a six? Yes. That's a five. Everyone starts the session with three fate points, or you can succeed at serious cost. What are the fate points do again? God, so, we really haven't played <laughs> Wow, in a we while. haven't played in a while. Um, so fate points, there are three things that you can do with them. You can give a straight plus two to your final roll. I do you that. Can re -roll. <laughs> you can re-roll with it, and I believe that you... 
there is one more thing that you can do. Um, you can uh, invoke pull aspect. Aspect. You can what? Invoke your aspects. That is that is the process of oh. using an aspect, ah, yeah, yeah, and that's sorry, what you use fake points for. Um, but I believe that you can compel negative aspects against yes. against the other person. Against yeah. the other person. So I have to compel an aspect to be able to use this fake point, though, right? To get the no, two? you just invoke it if yep. you're using it for yourself. Right, but I have to invoke an aspect to be able to do this. Uh, yes. Right? Yeah. So yeah, you do have to find one of your aspects that is relevant to what you're doing, which is attempting to. Reconstruct a view of reality. I'd like to put out there. Might still be a stretch. Here we go. Inheritor of the Spirit Blade. I've been faking magic for so long. I can fake a, re- uh, a perception of reality. So you're gonna fake <laughs> it until you make it? Damn straight. <laughs> if it works in life, also in death, it will. I'll let you invoke that. Great. That gets me a plus two, which is a success. Yeah. You like like you were you were like chest deep in the school floor. And the weird thing about it is that there is a sameness to every material that you interact with now. There's no distinction between anything. Wood is indiscernible from stone, from air, from anything. And so as you move now, it's no longer, you, you don't think of it as flying. You think about it as sliding over things and through things. Right, so it's more I'm just willing a direction for myself. Yeah, and that, that is how you go. It happens jerkily at first, um, uh, because it's, it's not all Casper the Friendly Ghost as you're doing this, because this is the first time that you're kind of comprehending it. Um, but as you go, you know, you get into a groove, and eventually you start to glide. Um, you're not quite at uh, near levels of hyperspeed flying yet, but you can kind of haunt the halls, so to speak, and glide around. Okay. I am glad that I did not fall through to the center of the Earth. Yes, <laughs> I am too. That would have been bad. Flipping back to Rudy and Maja. Um, uh, you arrive at Ladasha's dorm. Yeah. Um, so, do you want to tell me, like, why we're following Ladasha? Also, where's Safi? So, some things happened last night while you are at this meeting. Um, there was an accident. What, what kind? We attempted... Saffron attempted some necromancy. I beg to differ. (laughs) (laughs) Says the fucking lich. I did not attempt. I succeeded. (laughs) There is a difference. Basically, Kevin's soul was still hanging around in the room. And since the vessel was there, as you saw, Saffron tried to push it back in. And it worked. Kevin's alive again. She just sort of like, she was walking. She just kind of stops because you've just uprooted her, basically her entire concept of, you know, magic and life and death and that Mm. whole cycle. Mm. And 
you know, I thought like what happened to me was like funky last night, but so so like what? The oh, it was a funky meeting. Oh, we we, we can backburn on my issue, but like, so what? I'd love to backburn on this issue as well because oh, we I need think... to talk to Ladasha right now. <laughs> what does Ladasha have to do with bringing Kevin back from the dead? Uh, not a lot, but uh, and uh, she's like gone back into her room, presumably. Yeah. Also, you didn't answer my question. Where's Staffy? And I'm knocking on the door. <laughs> Rudy? <Yeah. laughs> there, there's no response. Can you get Ladasha to come out here? She's not going to come out here for me, but she'll come out here for you. This is, this is the number one on that list of abuses of powers I'm going <laughs> to ask for today. She just sort of looks at you. She's like, Rudy, where is Staffy? Saffron is, he's in two places right now. Physically, he's uh, hanging out in the art room. (laughs) What other kind is there than physically? (laughs) Well, his soul's not there. What? (laughs) Do we have like another like Kevin situation? Like what are you talking about? Well, we... We actually wanted another Kevin situation. We were going to put him in a SIM card. And that's still kind of on the cards once we figure out how to do that. We are going to go over this in detail. So It's kind of hard to explain. Like, I didn't physically see it happen. I'm getting this secondhand from Jane Doe. Jane? (laughs) Why are we getting this from Jane Doe? (laughs) Because she can see spirits. Sure, why not? Because she is one. She's a ghost. Yeah, funny. (laughs) I see you're having my same overwhelmed response from when Saffron did this to me. <laughs> and that's okay. I, you're going to explain this to me better and then I'm going to explain my stuff to you later. Mm. And then she sort of like pushes you around into like an alcove mm. and uh, raps on the door to uh, Ladash's dorm room. She's going to want to make a confession to you. I'll tell you that much. Ladash, are you there? M- Marja? Uh, hey, yeah, it's me, sweetie. Are you okay? You sort of ran out in a rush. You got us all worried. Uh, Are you still at the door with Marja? No, I've gone around to, to like the kitchenette in this place. Okay. Out of sight. Um, uh, yeah, Ladasha opens up the front double doors to this dorm, mm. the secondary dorm, and um, she looks and she goes, um, sorry, I'm in a bit of a muddle at the moment. Is, is there something I can help you with? Uh, I'm actually not too sure. I You ran out of there and you had this, like, worried and stuff. And I was just wondering if there's, like, anything I can do to help. She looks outside. And she says, actually, Marja, you're probably the best person I can speak with right now. Oh, my God. I hope that's a good thing. Um, I'm just kind of in the corner. Um, like I can't. Uh, I'm just kind of looking to the the blank space around me, and I start doing samurai sword chopping motions, <laughs> and then pointing at the door. And I'm just doing this to to the yard <laughs> to the ether <laughs> in the hopes that saffron is there somewhere, <laughs> and we'll take this direction. Did I catch up? 
Oh yeah. After falling through the you ground. See, <laughs> you see everything that's going on. You see that um that Maja is talking to Ladasha, but also that um that really has since taken up the art <laughs> of shadow boxing. <laughs> and <laughs> you think he might be trying to tell you something, but you're not quite certain what you can do about it. Swing, swing, point, point. I put I put my hands through his hands. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it is okay. It is a bit like getting rheumatism for a little bit. Uh. And at least I know he's close enough that I can whisper Go in, the door's open. See see how much she knows. And why she told them that I wasn't involved. This is just into the main part of the building, right? Um uh, yeah, so you you know, like passing through into the dorm is not a problem for you. Yeah, yeah. Look. I've been accused of a lot of things that I didn't do recently, <laughs> and I don't want to make any of those things true. <laughs> Even in death. Uh, I'm not asking you to steal her underwear out of the room. I, Come on. I don't feel comfortable going into a girl's room. Okay. You've already done that numerous times, motherfucker. I did that once. You did that to <laughs> once to multiple girls. Nope, just you. <laughs> no, you went into everybody's room and tracked nope, footprints. I knocked on everyone else's door after I realized how creepy that was. <laughs> yeah. It was a burst of curiosity and then went, oh, fuck, this is really bad. And then I just walked into guys' rooms. That's fine. It's, it's fine. Mm. <laughs> Fucking. This is so hetero. <laughs> All right. I, I, I guess it's down to Marsha to get the information we need with no clues whatsoever as to what she's doing. The, the, uh, yeah, Marsha's just like, fuck it. Yeah, fucking let's go in. She goes into the. Ladash's oh, yeah. dorm room, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'll go into the building, but I won't go into the room. She seals up the, the double door behind you and she like takes your hand and she ushers you down into where her room is. Mm. Um, it is, uh, again, very clean. Like, she's extremely bookish, so she has like three bookshelves that are just stacked with occult history um, uh, books. And, and, you know, like, like, Books about the real world and real world matters as well. Um, uh, she has uh, all her like assignments plotted out on like mm. a calendar, like when the due dates are, um, and and different different you know anniversaries and special events. She's an, ex- an extremely organized lady. Um, she shuts the blinds on her dorm room, like, and it is extremely dark in there. Um, uh, she sits down on the edge of her bed after pulling out her desk chair for you to sit down. Um, uh, and in, in a bluster, she shuts her door as well. She leans down and she pulls out a box from under her bed. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, okay. <clears throat> this is a lot of weird energy. <laughs> you... You all right? You really have to forgive me. I'm in a little bit of my head with some moderately dangerous people. Oh, when we say moderately dangerous, like, are we talking like, like, what are we, we, what are we talking? Talking pretty big stuff. Marsha... Are you leading an investigation into the plagiarism ring? She sort of ponders a bit. And she's like, if I were, 
theoretically. What would you have to say about that? I can give you this. And she, like, lead, like has the box up on her knees. And I can give you the name of the person at the center of the ring. Then, like, I'm totally doing that. But you gotta make me a promise first. I mean, it depends what it is, but sure, shoot. Promise me that they're not gonna get expelled. I mean, I can try. But, like, if it's just, like, the cheating thing, then, like, I could... I can do my best, but if there's... If you're talking about things other than cheating... There is something else. Let's talk about what I I base in reality. Mm-hmm. The cheating ring. And she hands you over this box. Okay, yeah, I take it. Yeah. That's that's everything. Um, I've kind of been running this operation since the beginning of last semester. Um, and everything was going well, but I guess I made a mistake. I guess I thought that I could put my trust in a couple more people than I anticipated. So I'm coming to you now as student council president and also as like a fellow girl. Oh my god, yes. I'm, yeah, no, Uh, yeah, I'm totally here for that. Okay, no, I'll give you help. Just tell me what you need. What, like... Like, obviously, like, I've only, like, technically been asked to look into this whole cheating thing for, like, the past week or two. So, like, any backlog you have would be soups handy. Well, um, I can give you exact figures about the operation. There are uh, approximately 30 students who are working in the plagiarism ring as uh, menial uh, artists, the people who actually draw up the glyphs. And then there are a series of distributors, uh, around five or six of those. Um, One of them is kind of at the center of it. But the real person, the real person that you should be focusing on, that's the president of the art club. You can find us at RF Encounters on Twitter, or as Real Fantasy Encounters on Facebook. We appreciate any support, whether that's leaving a review or telling a friend about us. Thanks for listening, and see you next week.